Predators lose one nothing in overtime to the St. Louis Blues. Ellie Tolvanen goes to the Seattle Kraken, and the entire Preds fan base is on fire. Lots to talk about, so let's not waste any time. You're listening to the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free Nashville Predators podcast that's available to you on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast, and of course on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime who, uh, you've, you've had a few days, you've had a past few days since I've last done this show with you. Yes, you are actually no longer allowed to leave the podcast for any reason whatsoever because everything goes up in, in flames. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. You'll be happy to know uh, the Vegas Golden Knights didn't look good. In well, person. there's something. Yeah. Well, I mean, they were missing half their team, but. Yeah. Well, we take also, what we can get today. <laughs> also won uh, $185 on roulette, so. Nice. Hey. Vegas was good to you. They did. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm glad something was good home. to somebody between us. Yeah. <laughs> uh God. Um, I where where do we even start? Yeah. Like this so, is this is normally how we do this is we have a rundown. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we do like the most, you know, the most noteworthy stuff first, you know, kind of break down a game. Uh, you know, one word and all that, you know, maybe get to some news and notes at the end, but there's just, there's just so much going on that, that I, I don't know where we even start the show in. Yeah, this, um, there is a lot to address outside of what we normally talk about outside of, you know, game results outside of Predators news. For instance, Ellie Tolvanen, in case anyone didn't see it on Twitter, was picked up by the Seattle Kraken. So he will go to the West Coast. So Ellie Tolvanen's gone. You got to miss the Ellie Tolvanen on waivers firestorm, Nick. And I you know, I, I had a great opportunity to say a, a bit of my piece about that. You have not had a chance to kind of share what your thoughts are on Tolvanen on waivers, on Tolvanen leaving the Nashville Predators. Yeah. So, you know, I want, I would like to open the floor if if you want to kind of share any thoughts that you may have on what transpired while you were winning money on roulette. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like, I checked it. You know, I, I checked Twitter when it happened, and you know, my first thought was, uh, "That's too bad," but could kind of see this coming. You know, right. that was kind of one of those things. Um, I expected backlash uh, when I got back and started catching up on things. That is was expected but unexpected mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of grandstanding going on i think when it comes to that i'm gonna address that part of it in a second 
Mm-hmm. Here's I'm going to focus on Ellie Tolman first. Okay. Um, I like Ellie Tolvanen. I was cheering for him. Right. Is the lockout shortened in 2021 where he came out and just, you know, lit really the entire league on fire. Like he was at one point from when he called out, like his first month of call up, he was one of the hottest scorers in the entire NHL. And that was really fun. And we all had high hopes for him. Uh, last season, disappointing. And I know that people are, you know, saying, oh, well, look, he was healthy scratched at the end. And, you know, he wasn't getting a chance and all that and blah, 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 blah. But he did. He did get his chance. He, he was with 75 games. Yeah. And he spent most of that with either Ryan Johansson or Mikhail Granlund as a center. So it's not like he wasn't put in a position to succeed, you know, and he did less than or with more resources than Phil Tomasino did. So like, let's, let's put that out there. Um, You know, we were hoping maybe a bounce back year, you know, Nieder, Nino Niederreiter comes in, you know, gives a better wing to that second line, maybe opens up for Ellie Tolvanen. Um, didn't really get a chance this year, but at the same time, he didn't really play like he deserved a chance. You know what I'm saying? Where he Mm -hmm. just, it just, there's, there's something off about his game. He just kind of looked like a shell of what we saw two years ago. And look, you know, there's a lot of speculation, you know, everybody's got to have like their thing piece or say their piece. Oh, was there an attitude issue behind the scenes? Did he have a confidence issue? That's not for us to guess. That's just for, you know, that's between John Hines, David Poyle, and Ellie Tolvanen. You know, the the fact of the matter is that he just wasn't working here anymore. Mm -hmm. He wasn't producing here in the way that the Preds needed him to. He wasn't the player the Preds needed him to be based on his skill set. And, you know, we've talked, you and I have talked about this before, and is there something that, you know, the Preds maybe could have tried? Could they have kind of reshuffled their philosophy, maybe tried to get, you know, a more consistent, maybe a scoring third line instead of kind of a grinding third line and see how that goes? Sure. Maybe. You know, I, I think so. You know, it's still was holding out hope for the uh, Cody Glass, Phil Tomasino, and Ellie Tolvin in line. That would have been fun to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? In terms of how he fit in to the Preds right now, he didn't. And he wasn't getting playing time. And it sounds like the Preds, uh, you know, if, if you believe the, the report from Sean Shapiro on – uh, the athletic, it sounds like the Preds maybe thought that he was going to go unclaimed, um, you know, based on the way the waiver shook out. I mean, that sounds like that was at least close to happening because right. the what the Kraken were 20, 22nd in the order, 23rd. They were uh, way down. Yeah. yeah. Which means, you know, at least 21 teams, you know, the worst teams right now passed on him. Um, you know, there's also consideration about his contract, you know, he's an, he's an RFA coming up and, you know, he's got, you know, what million and a half cap hit, something like that at the moment. So there, there's a lot that just, it, it didn't really make sense anymore for Tolvanen to be here. And, you know, maybe he would have gone to Milwaukee and revamped his game. Maybe the Preds thought that was going to happen, but 
from Ellie Tolvanen's standpoint, he's going to get a chance to kind of refine his game, rebuild his confidence. And I hope that happens in Milwaukee. Um, you know, I've seen some people say, oh, he's going to jump into Matty Benier's line and automatically be like Burakovsky. that. Yeah, uh, he he's not going on to Matty Benier's line. I think he could he's going to they have a pretty good third line, mm-hmm. uh, which right now has, I think, Morgan Geeky and, and uh, Brandon Tanef. You know, mm-hmm. so Ellie Tolvanen might be a fit there. Uh, you know, he might jump in with, you know, somebody like, um, you know, when Jonas Donskoy comes back, you know, that's a, that's a nice little, uh, finish connection there. You know, they got some, they got some depth, so, you know, he might be a good third, fourth line guy, but he's not, we get, we got to drop the illusion that he's going to go and immediately become like a 50 goal score. I mean, yeah, I, if it'd be fun to see him do that right right like him yeah but i i mean i i don't think that's gonna happen i i wish the best for him yeah i wish the best for ellie tolvanen in terms of some of the reaction i it's you know like those couples that like get you know randomly start like the biggest fights for absolutely no reason mm-hmm. where it's like you know, the husband brings home the wrong kind of jelly from the store. And then that starts an argument and all of a sudden, like, the husband's throws his PlayStation headset at the TV and the wife is, like, spending the night in a hotel somewhere. Right. Because she's, like, thinking of leaving him. And you think, you know what? I don't think that was about the jelly. I think that was about (laughs) something more than the jelly. That's Ellie Tolvanen is the jelly. Yeah. That is, he is the jelly of the Nashville Predators fan base. Yes. I think people, some people, a a tragic amount of, you know, a tragic large amount of people. Mm -hmm. I, I think they're looking for any excuse to get the, like the torches and pitchforks. Absolutely. I think Absolutely. they were looking for anything that they didn't like that they could turn this into. This is the final straw. Something needs to change. They just needed, they've, you know, we, we've seen little vents of that come out this year just because I think Preds fans are not happy with the direction of the team. Right. And they are, they're choosing this as the catalyst, but mm-hmm. you know, you, you take a step back and when it boils down to is there is discourse over the Predators putting a guy who wasn't playing and wasn't scoring and honestly wasn't really defending either. They put a guy like that on waivers. If this was any other time period, any other team, any other would, name, any other, any other name, name, yeah. Maybe not Philip Forsberg, but you know, fair. If this was any other thing around the league right now, you would have just been like, man, that sucks. Yeah. But whatever. Instead, this has become, for some reason, a rallying point. Yes. And I personally don't think it should be. Mm-hmm. I think this is just, you know, one of those things where it, it sucks that he has to go. Uh, but he wasn't working out. And look, 
if we want to have a separate conversation about, you know, a, a, somehow a, a rash of star forwards, star young forwards, not really being able to reach their potential in Nashville or their development cutting short. If we need to have that conversation, then we can have that conversation. But to lump, to have Ellie Tolvin in as the catalyst for that. Yes. You know, in terms of the waivers, you know, the waivers move was probably the right move, if we're being honest. But we can have that separate conversation about forwards not working out in Nashville. I think we're in the stage where multiple things can be true. Mm -hmm. Like, you can say, you know what, Tolvin wasn't working. Contract is what it is. You know, maybe, you know. Best case scenario, he, you know, clears waivers, rehabs in Milwaukee, finds his game, and then maybe, you know, we'll see where he fits at the end of the season when his contract's up. That's best case scenario. Worst case scenario, you know, you lose a forward who clearly didn't factor into your long-term plans or at least, you know, wasn't playing at all worthy of a roster spot right now. Right. That's, That's what that boils down to. It, but it's got to be, you know, that it's that's that's the gist of the Tolvanen move itself, in yeah. my mind. If there are bigger conversations, we can have bigger conversations. But I think in terms of this, you got to break it down into the aspects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. Tolvanen is the jelly. I think that is a hundred percent the truth. It, this is when you look at this move in a vacuum, when you look at this move just on paper, when you look at this move for you have a guy who played third and fourth line minutes when he played and didn't produce when he played and the Predators yeah, four, were four playing points in 13 games, but also, you know, what, what was his big thing? We always talked about is, oh, well, you know, at least he's got like a nice little underrated 200 foot game mm-hmm. that wasn't there this season. No. No, that wasn't there this season. And his contract is taking up space. And here's the thing in all the outrage that nobody brought up is that Nashville's down two defensemen and needs to bring defensemen up. And you've got to do something with cap space. But nobody wants to talk about the logistics of this. Everybody wants to talk about the histronics of this. Mm-hmm. And it just... it. It has become, I mean, Ellie Tolvanen is the jelly. Ellie Tolvanen is the jelly. It's not about the jelly. It's not about the jelly. It is about about so much more. Yeah. Um, There's some other aspects uh, of what Mm -hmm. I've seen over the last little bit. And maybe we should save that for the game recap. uh, Because there's something else Mm -hmm. that's really bothered me over the past couple of days as I've been kind of catching up on Preds news um, that honestly makes me more angry than the Tolvanen discourse right now. Uh, and so I, I would like to speak on that in just a second. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's take a break, though. We want to mention today's show is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football, college bowl season, 
basketball, the World Cup, and of course, everything you need to know when it comes to hockey in the NHL. They got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like the one you're listening to right now, you can find those at Bet Online as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Ann. Um, let's talk about some on ice stuff. Let's, that sounds way let's more fun. Let's do that. Uh, well, does it? Well, <laughs> actually, it does. If that's a perspective check, it does sound more fun to talk about a one nothing overtime loss to the St. Louis Blues right now. <laughs> yeah. It's a palate cleanse. Uh, um, this is maybe the shortest recap uh, you'll ever hear me say. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Predators and Blues. Nothing happened for three periods. We go to overtime, a uh, unfortunate stick situation occurs, and then that paves the way towards Braden Chen winning it in overtime on the three-on-three. Blues win the game, Mm 1-0. And what's your one word to describe last night's (laughs) 1-0 overtime loss? Thrilling game in St. Louis last night. Yeah, it's along those veins. My one word is actually along those veins. So I have a very dear friend who struggles and has struggled for years with insomnia and has done all sorts of everything you can think of to 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 help with her insomnia. And so finally, she found the thing that worked, and it is my one word, and that is sleepy juice. So she takes Zequel and we're not, again, this is not a commercial for Zequel, but Zequel works for her, but she calls it sleepy juice because otherwise it just seems a little less um, classy. And that game last night was literally like sitting down at 7am right as the puck began to drop and just take in your swig of sleepy juice. Nothing happened. When we tell you that not much happened, not much happened. I mean, Nashville generated some chances, but they only got 25 shots on goal. St. Louis didn't really do much either. St. Louis only had 24 shots on goal. You know, the goaltenders didn't really have to make these exceptional, outstanding saves. You can have a one nothing overtime game that's really exciting, but this was not it, friends. This was not it. This was... Uh, um, it was a hard game to recap. I was recap. It was a hard game to recap. You could almost not make a paragraph of information about each of the periods, except to say, oh, there was a penalty. Nobody did anything on the power play. Hey, there was a penalty. Ooh, still nothing. Uh, Ryan Johansson had a hat trick of infractions. He apparently thought that there was some sort of barbecue in the sin bin, continued to go back. This game was just boring. I mean, it just, it was not exciting. And it would have been fantastic if I can live with a boring game if you can get two points out of it. The Predators did get one point. And so in December, can we just be thankful for any points with this schedule? But yeah, this was a game where you just toasted with sleepy juice and you didn't miss much. To me, Anne... With my one word, I don't know how you're going to feel about this <laughs> um, as the theater person. Okay. My one word is cats. Oh. As as the musical cats, ever, that's like the 
that and Phantom of the Opera, maybe like the two like longest, most famous musicals of all time. So I saw it. I'm like, oh, you know, it's been around for decades. It's got to be like, you know, fun and good. And, you know, I'm sitting there for two hours and they're like, okay, they're all still in the same spot, just talking about themselves one at a time. It's got to pick up here soon. And then, you know, the, the, what, the decrepit little cat steps up and wins the contest. And then you're like, oh, yay. Now what happens? And then they all go on the balloon ride or whatever it is together. And it just ends. And it's like, that's it i sat through all of that and that's how it ends <laughs> that sucked that wasn't yes. fun at all no that was boring yes that was i was like i feel like i just wasted a lot of time sitting through that it's and people dressed as cats y'all yeah and what wasn't it supposed to be like they just die at the end like that's it. Like the the contest is who gets to die. I I'm going to be honest with you. I saw it one time, and I grew up in the era where people raved about it. And so I finally went and saw it, and I sat there the whole time. And I was like, I thought this was going to be some sort of existential thing. Like cats is symbolic. It's people dressed as cats, acting like cats. Yeah. It's it's excruciating. It is terrible. It's terrible. Not good. It's so bad. It's so just, bad. Just like this hockey game was just yes. <laughs> so bad. I mean, it's like I it's you know, there there are some players I, I want to highlight, you know, and we'll get to it in just a second, but it's like even like, you know, like UC Saros, you know. Almost got the shutout, got, you know, no goals through three periods. Probably should have gotten the shutout. Uh, but even he, it's not like he was like, you know, just diving for pucks left and right. No. This isn't just like the, oh, dear God, like UC Saros bailed this team out. It was just like a bunch of pretty good, like a bunch of good saves, but not like a game stealing performance or anything like that no. i mean credit to him like and then it's just yeah. why it was hockey why? players yeah dressed as hockey players acting like hockey players and nothing and happened then, and then it ends with the sweet embrace of everybody dying i guess <laughs> it's uh and and why is this team so hard to talk about right now can there, we not have just one fun thing? Could Ryan Johansson nice not at least like put on a clown hat or something in the press box or <laughs> like, you know, could not, could somebody have just taken a run at Jordan Bennington? Can something fun about this game? Can something fun about this stupid team right now happen? Yeah. We're not having a lot of fun right now. Not having a lot of fun. And, and of course, the on ice product has definitely got to take some responsibility for that because the Nashville predators, you know, it's very hard to have fun when your team loses to the Ottawa senators. It's very hard to have fun when your team only gets one point against a struggling St. Louis blues team who has the worst penalty kill in the league. And they gift you with a Christmas bow four opportunities mm -hmm. on the power play. 
and you come away with bupkis. Like it's super hard to make, like there are not enough good adjectives in the English language to find a way to make that sound super exciting. It's not been a good on ice product the last couple of games. Not all of it has been a dumpster fire, contrary to what hockey Twitter has said, <laughs> you know, but it's just not been super fun lately. And and I'm okay with that. You can be boring and win games, but I, I need you to win the games. Yeah. I need you to win the games. Yeah. I need you to do something because it's just... Anything. 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 Uh, I don't know. Feel, let's, let's, let's talk about some players here in a second. And there, there's also like something. Let's... let's I, I don't know. And just just take us a break. Just I, take I us a break, Anne. <laughs> we're going to do a real quick palate cleanse. And then we're going to come back. And, and we're going to have, we're just going to sit you down and have a frank conversation like sometimes your parents needed to do. We're going to have a very frank conversation directed towards the Nashville Predators fan base in just a minute. But if you are looking for exciting sports action we have the answer for you. You know, thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen. We do appreciate that. We're going to have much more exciting games, I'm sure, to cover sometime <laughs> soon. It might not be tonight against Edmonton. At least tonight's going to be exciting. The Edmonton it, Oilers are in town. It won't be, it won't be one nothing in overtime, friends. <laughs> but for your second listen today, we want you to check out Locked On Sports today. Locked on Sports Today covers all the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. You get to go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts, and they provide insight that only Locked On can provide. So check out Locked on Sports Today. It's available on this app, on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. All right. So, <laughs> look. Look. Um, how how do I put this? How do I start? There are so many I, good good I, options. I, I think you know. Look, I'm going to preface this by saying, I I don't want to come off as holier than thou. I don't want to be, you know, the smug intellectual guy who's like, oh, ha ha. And I don't want to tell people how to be fans because right. that is one of my pet peeves is, mm -hmm. you know, well, a real fan would think this. And, you know, I, I don't want to be that guy. Right. If you want to come out after every, you know, Preds win over a good team with your, you know, stats about how this team didn't deserve the win and be like Ebenezer Scrooge at, uh, Fezziwig's Christmas party telling him how much it costs when everybody's having a good time celebrating Christmas. Fine. I'll just continue to mute you or unfollow right. you. That's, that's fine. But you, you do you, it's not for me, but you do you, um, you know, regardless of whether you like David Poyle or John Hines, whether you think they suck whether you think they're the problem, whether you think something needs to change, whether you think Matt Duchesne or Cole Smith or UC Saros or Roman Yossi are the problem, whatever. Your opinion is your opinion. 
And I want to make that clear. What I can't abide by is something that has become way, way too common. And that is whenever anybody says anything positive about this team or has an opinion that kind of goes against the grain, there is a certain section of the fan base. And if you're listening to this and you think it's you, it's probably you I'm talking about. Because there is a certain section of the fan base that I have in mind when I say this. The, it's a public shaming. It is a retweet, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, you know, I love this person. The, the reason I'm saying this is because it happened with Lindsey Rowley last night. Lindsey Rowley yes. was talking to Dan Highnote, mm-hmm. and Dan Highnote said, you know, I, I didn't catch his full remarks but the clip i take away is you know i wish you know we had a team full of cole smiths or something like that yeah and i he I was, said he's an 82 game player i i actually went back and listened to it before we recorded because i also wanted to talk about this he said he's an 82 game player players you know are going to show up every night it's invaluable you can't have enough guys like that yeah that's what he said which is true yeah. Because, and hey, maybe this is part of the problem with the Predators right now. In terms of players playing their role on the team, Craig or Cole Smith is probably one of the best at doing that at the moment. That's the problem. Cole Smith, the player, is not the problem. Cole Smith being, you know, Cole Smith doing his individual job better than 70% of the team right now. That's the problem. Thank you. But back to Lindsay Rowley, because, you know, mm-hmm. she, she was getting ripped for that question. You know, that sparked a few people from some competitive, some of our competitors of ours who will rename nameless. Um, you, you know who I'm talking about. Um, you know, they're talking about, you know, Oh, you know, we need credentials so, you know, we can ask questions or, you know, there's there's group chats going on where people are like, um, you know, nobody, nobody in Nashville is asking the Preds the tough questions. It's like such a media fan base. And, you know, they shared like these Lindsey Rowley tweets and, you know, Lindsey Rowley said, you know, there's a lot of people like in the comments right now that are, you know, I can't remember what she said exactly, but it came out as, you know, basically shut the hell up and stop being holier than thou. Um, yeah, she pointed out that Dan Hynote and the coaching staff have probably forgotten more about hockey than most of the people in the comments will ever know. Yeah, which is also very true. Uh, I mean, that's just a fact. That is just a fact. And it's, you know, and then, you know, we, we saw people retweet that and it's like, uh, uh, it's like, this is such a bad like take. And it's like, you know, I love Lindsay, blah, 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 blah. But we, I, I think we should be allowed to criticize when a team is that, and you know, and, or she needs to read the fan base and understand where we're at. Yes. That's She's not your shrink. Yeah. She is not your shrink. If you are grown up enough to be a general manager in your mind, Please be grown up enough to manage your own emotions. Continue, Nick. But this, but that's what I'm saying. Because the same thing happened with uh, with Emmeline earlier this year. Like and it was mm-hmm. about what was it? The you know, don't shout, you suck at at 
Connor Ingram, but they tweeted it as like, right. oh, you don't understand this fan base. And but it, it wasn't like that. It was like, oh, this is a bad tweet or something like that. Yes. Like, yes. In my message to these people, shut the hell up. That's that's it. All I have to say. You are not the smartest person in the room, even if you think that you're this is sports. These are six guys on the ice at a time, basically ice skating with a twig, hitting a piece of rubber around. It is sports. And for you to go out there and start having real life shaming on something of Twitter because they don't share the same opinion of you, because maybe they want to be positive. Maybe they want to find positive in six grown men ice skating, doing something. Let them be positive. If you're going to keep sharing tweets and calling them out and saying, this is a bad take, blah, 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 blah. You're just a miserable, spoiled brat. And you know exactly (laughs) who I'm talking about right now. Like, and this is like, I've, I've had it up to here, Ann. Like I've had it up to here. There's just so much negativity and uh, fine. Be negative. If you don't like the direction Mm -hmm. of the team, fine. But the minute that anybody, anybody shares a positive thought about this team, anybody who maybe wants to highlight a player you don't like and objectively say, you know what? We like this guy. You know, he's, he's having a good season and you know what? Good for Cole Smith. Good good for Cole Smith. He has come in here and he's been a pretty good third, fourth line guy. And you know what? Hey, his stats are better than Tanner Janot this year, which is the savior of the fan base. So yeah, whatever. If you're, yeah, his stats are better than Alexander Carey this year. Yeah. So, so good for Cole Smith. It's just this. I, I I don't know. And I know I'm ranting right now, but it's It's just super frustrating. It's It's super frustrating. It's just so toxic to come on Mm -hmm. to this like stupid website every single day and just be surrounded by, Oh, look what this person said. Oh, you know, this person needs to read the room or, Oh, this person thinks that it is so frustrating to hear when people say this, or I'm losing my mind over this person thinking this. It's just not fun. It is not fun. And I am sure you at home, if you're regular listeners to me and Ann, you can tell it in this show. (laughs) This is not a fun show right now to do because it's just not fun to be around this much toxicity towards people. And guess what? Yeah. I, it's sports, it's social media. If, you're a public figure if you're a journalist you're going to catch some flack from people with absolutely no life or nothing to live for outside of six grown men ice skating but you need to check yourself and if you get this burned out over a person you don't know getting put on waivers if you get burned out over a person you don't know complimenting somebody you don't like even though you've never personally met them or sat in the same locker as them you need to stop watching hockey put sports on the back burner of your life and find something to live for that's not sports 
Because if you don't, you're just going to be miserable your entire life. My grandfather had a great saying, and I, I thought of this last night, just kind of perusing social media. And he used to say, some people would kick if they had both legs cut off. And I think that's a little bit where this fan base is. And I get that they're frustrated. I get that they're frustrated. There's a lot of people that feel like the whole direction isn't right. This is not being managed right. The thing I would say is have your opinions. I'm all about hearing like different ideas. Have your opinions, but know who you're not. Um, Dan Hynote and the coaching staff have forgotten more about hockey than any of the rest of us will remember. And, and I saw a comment where someone came back and said, you know, a lot of these fan bases have played hockey at a very high level. How many of them have coached it? How many, you know what I mean? Right. Like you want to be heard and, and let's hear you. We want to hear you. You want to be heard, but make sure you know who you're not, you know, and, and don't, you don't have to condescend to people who disagree with you. You don't have to kick every time the predators do something because there is this snowball narrative rolling down the hill right now among the Nashville Predators fan base. And here's what's real. Some of it's valid. Some of it, you are just rolling down the hill, picking, picking up random snow and making this bigger. And it's not right. There are people tweeting out statistics with zero context to point out how bad the Nashville Predators are at managing their roster and their assets. And I'm not saying that the Predators are, are fantastic at it. It's definitely a discussion to have, but when you're tweeting out statistics and then someone says, well, what is like the league average on that? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I, I don't know. What are you tempted? Don't yeah. text out the well, statistics. And let's, let's talk about it because it was a writer in Nashville. And again, we're not, not shaming, not trying to shame, no, but it was. But it's just not yeah. helpful. But he said there's only six, what was it? The tweet was there are only six draft picks over the last, what, 14 drafts that are still on the Preds roster. Uh, you looked, because you started looking at these teams, the Colorado Avalanche, okay. which are like the gold standard that everybody is trying to emulate, had seven. Right. So it's like, you know, what what's the point of that? Like, Yeah, they're having a hard time looking at the stat sheet around the Stanley Cup that they have right now because it's so yeah. big. But, and, and, and look, I'm not saying that there might not be a discussion there. Sure. I'm saying you don't need to... You don't need to throw gasoline on the fire to be relevant. Let's have relevant conversations and, and let's listen to other points of view, but let's do it in a way that is not unkind Yeah, and not arrogant. Y'all aren't general managers. And here's what's real. You can say, I would go up to David Poyle and I would ask him this. First of all, David Poyle is not going to open his door to you or to any of us. And, and that's, I mean, that's not a personal attack. That's just what's real. You want to know why? Because he's busy general managing a team. You know, so stop, stop with the grandiosity and let's just have some real fun. You know, let's just have some real conversations about hockey. Yeah. Some of them can be fun. Yeah. Some of them might be hard conversations, mm -hmm. but like let's let's cleanse the palate here folks and stop kicking every time here's what i'm gonna say 
Cole Smith is doing what he needs to do. If your takeaway from Lindsey Rowley's interview with Damn High Note is that the Predators only want players with Cole Smith's talent level on this roster, you are trying to find a problem. Yeah. You're trying to find a problem. What he's saying is he wants players who are jumping over the boards, that are fulfilling their role, that are in it night in and night out, playing with their all. And can we just say there are some players on the roster right now that are not? So while you're busy squawking at Lindsey Rally and at Cole Smith, take a step back and let's look at the roster and have an actual discussion. And again, we've had plenty of those actual discussions. And for any of us like thinking like, oh, like we're we're like just one of those people who are, you know, homers or, oh, we're just going to mimic the, you know, parrot what the team wants us to parrot and be positive all the time. Uh, you and I have trashed this team a few times. Man. <laughs> Go back and listen. If we're to talking about prospects, we had a very long discussion about Cody Glass and why he's not playing and why that doesn't make sense. We have talked about right. some of David Poyle's moves. We have talked about John Hines coaching strategy. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I just, it's in hell like will like Willie Donick and Chris Mason, you know, because that's always the people it's like, Oh, there's no, you know, against the great media coverage. They have said plenty of things too, that are like, you know what? The Preds aren't doing this very well right now. They can't go out and say the team sucks because they'll get fired, but right. you know, they've, they've brought out some negative too. It's just, it's like one of these things that it's, you know, it just feels like there, there's so much negativity right now that any positive thing is amplified. And again, like, yes. I, like I said, okay. if you are actively looking for a reason to be negative, like then, you know, just, Maybe find joy. Maybe it's time to find joy in something else for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, find joy in something else. Like you probably have a lot of really fun family, really fun friends, mm -hmm. like hobbies, something like that. Trust me, you will be more fulfilled doing something that doesn't bring you stress and that doesn't bring mm -hmm. other people stress. Yeah. Like, and that's nobody and that's likes all a party saying. pooper. Like I said there is plenty of good reasons to live outside of six grown men ice skating with twigs. There's, you know, I think everybody needs to find those. And that's not just a Preds fan base lesson. That's just a life lesson. That's something yes. I have had to figure out in my life. I'm sure. And has yeah. too. So. Absolutely. That's, I think that's a good message to end it on. And look, this wasn't a fun show. We'll tell yeah. you that right now. This is not going on our <laughs> highlight reel. But this is, I think, something that desperately needed to be said. And we promise uh, tomorrow we will go back to regular sort of, you know, our, our regular it. sort of sports coverage. Uh, it's against the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, so we can't guarantee how much fun and positivity <laughs> Connor McDavid currently <laughs> has 12 points in his last five games. And uh, yeah. And we had, we hardly have defensemen, but we're going to find a way to find joy in whatever comes tonight. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, and where can people find your work? <laughs>
You can find my work at InsideThePreds.com and you can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. Read my work at OnTheForeCheck.com. Yeah, guys, that's it. Thank you as always for making us your first listen of the day. And uh, we hope, we sincerely hope maybe you got something out of this episode, whether it's just us listening or maybe you have a different perspective on things. We we just we just hope that you know you you find some light in all this because that's what hockey's supposed to be. Hockey's supposed to be fun. So let's have some fun. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>